Hey, Rob, what's going on? Hey, Gentry, how are you? I'm doing real good right now because I'm thrilled. If you grew up like I did in the 80s and 90s, there are few human beings that have shaped your cultural landscape as much as our next guest we're talking to right now, the great Rob Reiner. What's going on with you, Rob? Hey, thanks for having me. Well, what's up is that we're trying to save our country. to have a virtual reunion of Spinal Tap on October 15th. Uh, myself and Chris Guest and Harry Shear and Michael McKeon are going to get back together. We're going to be, it's going to be hosted by Patton Oswald, and we're going to show clips from the show. We're going to talk about it, and it's all to raise money for the uh, Democrats of Pennsylvania. So hopefully we can make sure that Pennsylvania votes blue. I know that you've worked very hard as an activist, uh, damn near your whole life, uh, for many great causes, and I'm very thankful for that, Rob. But I think I, I kind of speak on behalf of a lot of Americans right now that I'm kind of not on either side at this point. Uh, most of us American people are just kind of sick of the fighting and the bickering, and we've been through this COVID-19. And what do you say to those voters out there that are like me, like many Americans, where we just want to go to our barbecues, we just want to go to the movie theater, we just want to love our neighbors, and we don't want all this stuff bickering going on in Washington? What would you say to those people, well, Rob? I would say to them, and this is, this is going to sound ridiculously political, but then you have to vote for Joe Biden. This is a guy who has done this job of bringing people together. You can't have a guy dividing us. You know, we've been a divided country for a long, long time, and we have the most divisive president we've ever had, who's drawn a, you know, just driven a wedge right through uh, the country and, and divided us even further. So the first thing we got to do is get this pandemic under control to get our businesses back. And we need somebody who can bring both sides together. And this is something that Joe Biden has done his entire life. He's worked across the aisle both time, with both sides, Republicans and Democrats, bring them together so we are so we stop yapping at each other and stop screaming at each other. We all have common humanity. We're all the same. We're all just people. We want to live, like you say, we want to go to our barbecues. We want to have a nice life and see sporting events. We don't want to see, you know, cardboard cutouts in the, in the stands. We want to have a real life again. And the first thing to do to do that is to have a national strategy for dealing with this pandemic, and we have not had that. We've had a president walking around right now. He's a, like a he's like a, a, a lethal weapon. He's got the pandemic himself, and he's telling people you don't have to wear masks. It's crazy. It's just insane. So we need somebody to bring us all together and say, you know, let's tackle this pandemic. Let's get it under control, and then let's go back to having the the, no, the normal fights that you have politically. How to accomplish global warming? How do we, how do we accomplish good education and health care? There's ways to do it, but we can't even get to the table to talk about any of this stuff because we've got a guy who was just you know riling people up and getting people crazy and militia groups. How about the fact that you had a militia group planning to kidnap the governor of of Michigan. It, it's insane. What's it's a very sad, sad right time. Our, our guest right now, Rob Reiner, he's holding a virtual reunion fundraiser with uh, the great band Spinal Tap. It's really sad. We lost one of the great rock and rollers here recently, Eddie Van Halen, one I of the know, great guitar I players. I was going to ask you, like Nigel Tufnail, where does he stack up as the great rock and rollers of, uh, of all time with uh, you know the great Eddie Van Halen passing? Well, I mean, you know, all you have to do is look at the great 
guitar solo that he does in the film, and you'll know he's right in there with Jeff Beck and Eric Clapton <laughs> and Eddie Van Halen and all the great, uh, great, great uh, rock and roll uh, virtuosos on the guitar. I mean, it's not, you know, he he'd have to you'd have to consider him right in that in that realm. Who's on your Mount Rushmore of rock and roll bands? Because uh, I know you love the Beach Boys, but what about the good old rock and roll? I love Cream. I love I love Cream. I love Buffalo Springfield. I love The Doors. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of bands that I, I liked. I mean, uh, you know, Beach Boys is different. They're not. They're like a pop band. I more like more love uh, Brian Wilson and his uh, creativity. But of course, the Beatles. Everybody loves them. But uh, you know, there's a, listen. I like Ry Cooter. I mean, there's a million, uh, million uh, musicians that I love. Spending some time here with one of the great filmmakers of our time, Rob Reiner, who has an event going on with the mockumentary band Spinal Tap, holding a virtual reunion fundraiser. Uh, tell us how you can get involved if people want to. Well, you just go to actblue.com. It's for Pennsylvania Dems. And you can, you know, sign up and watch the show. And uh, it's, it's October 15th. And like I say, it's hosted by Pat Oswald, myself, and Harry and Chris and Michael will all be there. And we'll be showing clips from the show and talking about it. And it should be a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun. I want to have a little fun with you since we've got you on. It's a real honor to talk to one of the uh, the greats out of Hollywood, Rob Reiner, of course, his father, the great Carl Reiner, and uh, what a story you've uh, you've told throughout your life through your movies. I-, I wanted to go through some of our favorite scenes from some of your movies, and just quickly, you could give me a short commentary what what first comes to your mind. So we'll start okay. with the, with the great Stand by Me, the train and bridge scene. Well, the train and bridge scene was. Uh, you know, the boys were never in trouble. The train was, you know, hundreds and hundreds of yards behind them. And I used a long lens to make it look like the train was on top of them. And the boys, they wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't get upset. They wouldn't cry. And I said, boys, you got to think about it. If that train is not going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. I started screaming at them like this. And they started crying. And they run down the track and they cry. And then they jump off the track and they come and they give me a big hug. And they said, we did it, Rob. We did it. And so that was, that was a great moment that, you know, the, the, the boys were just, they were so trusting of me that they let me get, get on them a little bit for, for doing that. Brilliant. And the, uh, the great movie Misery, written by Stephen King, the hobbling scene. When you think of that scene, first thing that comes to mind when you were shooting that? When you think back well, on that. first thing was, we, it was originally, they, she was going to use an axe. And gonna, and I said, wait a minute. I said, this we're going too far here. And also, I want this guy to survive this uh, this thing of of uh, of Annie Wilkes, you know, because he bu- publishes the book at the end, the one he wrote under duress. And in uh, in the book, he goes back to writing uh, misery again. So it was Andy Scheinman, my partner, who came up with the idea of putting the wooden block between the two feet, and so that when she hit it with the sledgehammer, the, the the foot would just you know like a hinge, it would go. And that's one of the biggest oh moments, and the audience goes crazy when they hear when they see that. All right, how about the, the the lovely Meg Ryan, of course, one of the most famous scenes of all time, faking the orgasm at the delicatessen, and at the end, your mom saying, I'll have what she's having. I mean, that scene, go, yes, go through that. who now, because of that line, she becomes one of the great of all time, great lines in, in, in movie history. I mean, she's right up there with Marlon Brando and... and uh, 
Clark Gable says, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. My mother, (laughs) Estelle Reiner's right in there with them because of that. And uh, Meg had a tough time with that scene because she was in front of everybody. And she did it kind of weak a few times. And then eventually I sat down and I said, Meg, this is the way I want you to do it. And I started screaming, yes, yes, yes. I'm screaming like this. I'm realizing I'm having an orgasm in front of my mother (laughs) who's standing over there. Oh, what a what a great scene! And and then on to the Princess Bride, the most passionate and most pure kiss at the very end of the Princess Bride. What comes to mind when I when I bring up that scene? Well, you know, it's funny because uh, it didn't until recently. But you know, I did a we did a reading of Princess Bride, um, and the last thing my father and I ever did, um, I actually played a little boy at the end, and he was the grandfather. And um, I said, can you come back and read it again tomorrow? And he looked at me and he said, as you wish. And that's the last (laughs) thing my father ever did on camera before he passed away. So that's what I think about now. What what a great story. to think about that. And then moving on to the great scene in the courtroom with Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson, a few good men, and you can't handle the truth. Take us through that scene. What a great scene in movie history. Well, that that was uh, Jack, you know, did that performance that you see uh initially uh, i said jack you know you got a big long speech here do you want me to shoot you first or shoot the reaction shots and i said you can get a chance to rehearse a little bit he said let you shoot the reaction shots and then when you come around and shoot me i'll be ready to do it when i shooting the reaction shots of tom and Demi and kevin bacon and kevin pollack uh, Jack is off camera and he's giving exactly the same reading and the same performance that you see eventually when he's on camera. And I said, Jack, you know, maybe you should wait and hold a little of that for when I come around and, and put the camera on you. And he said, Rob, you don't understand. I love to act. And that was it. It was, he was, he was there every time off camera, on camera, he gave the same performance. Some great stories here with uh, Rob Reiner, who uh, has an event going on that you can get involved with, Spinal Tap, to hold virtual reunion fundraiser for the uh, Pennsylvania uh, Democrats. I'm curious to find out what you think about the future of movie making, because I've been talking to a lot of you directors and movie stars alike, and it's, it's, we're releasing movies now with virtual movies. What do you think the future of movie making is? Because it's become a different climate out there. Do you need the big studio to put on the big blockbuster now? Well, I mean, I think we're going to have to see what happens after the pandemic and whether or not people go back to the theaters. Uh, I think they'll always go back to the theaters for an event kind of picture, you know, like a big uh, tentpole franchise type movie that needs that big sound and the big, you know, screen and all that, you know, the, the action films and the, you know, the Marvel type films. But I don't know if there's going to be room for the, you know, character pieces and, you know, courtroom dramas and, you know, romantic pictures. I don't know if the audience will still come back to that because people are getting used to watching these films, you know, on streaming platforms. And, you know, I think what you're going to see is kind of a reduction in the theater uh, audience and there'll be what they call day and date. You'll see films coming out in the theaters and on platforms at the same time. So, uh, there'll be less people going to the theaters and probably more people watching at home, except for, like I say, the big, big event pictures. Then I think people will go. Is that good or bad for movie making? If you had to be a director in this new climate, uh, do you think it more opportunity for you or better situation with the money of the big studio? 
Well, you know, I, I think, you know, ultimately for people who like to put on a show, which is like, which is what I like to do, it's always better to have a, a shared experience with an audience because then they're, you're, you're doing what, what you want to do, which is to reach, a, a, you know, you may reach a lot of people with a streamed film, but you're only reaching them two or three at a time. They're sitting there and they're putting it on pause. They're going to the bathroom. They're getting something to eat. They're not watching it straight through. There's something about, you know, an audience making a commitment to being in a darkened room with each other for two hours and having that shared commitment. And I think that's for, for storytellers, I think it's, 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 uh, unfortunate, but in terms of opportunities of making things, I think there'll be more opportunities to make, you know, to make, uh, films, but it, I don't think the experience of seeing them will be as good. A lot of people fell in love with you when you starred as a meathead on All in the Family, and I've heard a lot of people refer to the character uh, Archie Bunker as sexist and a bigot and a racist. Very similar names that we hear Donald Trump called. Are there any similarities between these two characters? And when I call them characters, they both are, it seems like. They both are, yeah. There are similarities, yes, in terms of the politics uh, of them, but there's a huge, huge difference between the two. Archie Bunker loved his family and, 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 and cared about other people. I mean, he was a feeling human being. Donald Trump is a sociopath. He has no feelings about anybody but himself. You don't see uh, Donald Trump... He doesn't care about what happens to Melania or to any of the people he's been involved with. Archie really did care about Edith. You know, she may, you know, he may call her a dingbat and all that stuff, but he really did love her. And you could see he had feelings for other people. Uh, Donald Trump doesn't have feelings for other people. He only has feelings for himself, and that's a very big difference. I feel like I read somewhere that your your current wife, your, your lovely bride, Michelle, has got uh, credit for the photo that was taken on the cover of uh, uh, The Art of the Deal. Is that a true story, yeah. that Michelle took that yes, photo? Yes, she did. She was a professional photographer for many years before we got together, and she shot that <clears throat> that that photo that was used on the the cover of the film, I mean, of the book. One of my favorite movies that you did, of course, it changed my life, uh, Stand By Me, and I believe it changed yours uh, as well. But the line that I love is, I never had any friends later on like the ones that I had when I was 12. Jesus, right. does anyone. Think back to when you were 12. Is that a true statement in your life, Rob? It is. It is a true statement. I mean, it's, it's in the book. It's a line by Stephen King, who's a brilliant writer. And it is true because... That's the time in life when you're just going through puberty and all those emotions and feelings are coming out and you can connect with people of your age at that time. And the, 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 uh, the connections are very intense and the feelings you have, the friendship you have is, have is very intense. And it doesn't, you know, I mean, obviously you have other kinds of feelings when you meet your, your mate and, and those kinds of things and your children. But in terms of friendship, just friendships, I think when you're, when you're 12, that is the strongest time you have those feelings. You just came out with a film recently, uh, Shock and All. Any films in the works? Will we be seeing something streaming soon from the great Rob Reiner? Well, that's the problem right now. I mean, I'm, I've got a company. Uh, you know, we have Castle Rock, and we just made a deal with Warner Brothers. We, we made the deal in May, and we've got 12 projects right now in development. 
but when can we shoot them? You know, they're trying to get these protocols together to, you know, shoot uh, shows, uh, and they're working at it. But there's, but we're not full full force back into production yet in Hollywood. So, uh, you know, for me, you know, I'm in my 70s. I don't want to go in a, on a set with a lot of people until I know we've got this pandemic under control. Once that happens, then I'll get back and, and, and shoot something. But I've got a couple of projects that I'm really excited about and that I want to do, but I, I just want to make sure that everybody's going to be safe when we all go back and nobody's going to get... You know, it's not like getting sick and, you know, you're out for a week. You know, you get, for me, I'm in my 70s. I could be sick and then dead. You know what I mean? So I don't want, you know, I want to be safe when I do my next project. All right, well, be safe, and everyone go check out Spinal Tap, holding that virtual reunion fundraiser for Pennsylvania Democrats. It was a real pleasure uh, talking with you, Rob. Hopefully get you on down the road, my man. Thank you so much for having me.